In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We come to this oratory to make an evening of recollection, a time of reflection, a time of prayer. And I think we can, right from the beginning, try to hone in on those, those three goals of a recollection, which to pray, which is conversation with God, open our heart to God, to examine our conscience, take a look at our lives. How's it going? <laughs> Am I striving really to give God my best, to, to love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind? And thirdly, to convert, to change. We do need conversion. For sure, if we're praying, and if we're examining our conscience, we will see things. The Holy Spirit will help us. And we will see where, well, in the words of St. John Paul II, where I need to move from the man I am to the man I ought to be. And certainly, at least to make a step in that direction. To be more and more like Christ. To put on Christ Jesus. Striving to live those words of St. Paul. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's the goal of a Christian. We're sinners, and we fall short, and we need to get to confession. We need to begin again. But the Lord is with us. It might seem that I'm at rock bottom. Well, the Lord is with me. Although I walk through the valley of darkness, I fear no evil. The Lord is by my side. So we should always have this hope of of getting closer to Christ, of, of, of being a saint, of trying to be a saint. And so all this, I think, is providential in the context of today's saint, St. Francis of Assisi, great saint, and in the context of this first meditation, the topic on poverty, Christian poverty, detachment. Of course, St. Francis lived it in the way he was called to live it, in a beautiful, very dedicated way, magnanimous way. Probably know his story. I mean, he renounced everything. He's from a well-to-do family. His father was a merchant. Francis renounced all that and lived a life of extreme poverty, not misery. This virtue of detachment, of poverty, it's not about misery. It's, it's, it's about freedom. St. Francis was free to love the Lord. He was free to show the others who, who were called to that way, and, and he had followers pretty quickly on. They were attracted by his, his closeness to God, his way. And not just, it wasn't just for the sake of being poor. That, that, that's not really the, that doesn't give St. Francis enough credit, if we want to put it that way, that he, he lived a very austere life, that he renounced the riches that he could have had. This little description from Magnificat sums up his life in other areas. 
in which he, he showed his love for God. In 1208, Francis of Assisi abandoned the riches of the Italian merchant class for a laborer's tunic and a bed under the stars, choosing to live in perfect imitation of Christ's own poverty. Francis wanted his followers to live and preach in the same spirit. He called them simply Friars Minor, the Lesser Brothers. Francis was devoted to the child Jesus. He popularized the Christmas creche and the Eucharist, in which, quote from St. Francis, the Son of God so humbles himself that for our salvation he hides himself under an ordinary piece of bread. He had a great love for priests. Francis, the Poverello, or poor one, died in 1226. He did a lot in his life. He died young. But he had these, uh, these devotions, not, not just to living poverty, but uh, to devotion to the child Jesus, the humility of Jesus in, in the crash, in the nativity scene, devotion to our Lord in the Eucharist, devotion for the unity of the church, and, and for bringing Christ to the far reaches when he traveled, seeking peace among nations. He really had this desire to do God's will. Really, and I think that's little part of this little description here. We could almost see it as a bit of a, a biography, a brief biography of St. Francis, cho- choosing to live in perfect imitation of Christ. That's what every Christian is called to do. Wherever we are, whatever state of life we find ourselves in. And I imagine that most of us right here in this oratory now, if not all of us, are called to a life of following Christ in the middle of the world. St. Francis had his way, a beautiful way, God's way for him. But we're probably not called to that. God wants saints in the middle of the world, a handful of his own, St. Josemir would say, right there in, in the offices and the hospitals and the farmlands and in the schools and, and family gatherings. He wants people just as dedicated, just as in love with God as St. Francis, but there in the secular world. So yes, we, we must strive to imitate the love of St. Francis for God, the imitation of Christ that he sought in his way, but we in our way, that, that same love, that same fervor, but in our place. Lord, help me to follow you closely. Help me to strive to be a saint. And for that, help me to be detached. Yes, we do have to live poverty. It's a virtue, not misery, but we have to be free. It's not about freedom. St. Josemir says, if we don't live this virtue, we'll never be an apostle. And we want to be apostles. Jesus chose us. Just like he chose those apostles, he said at the Last Supper, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You should go out and bear fruit. The Lord wants that of us. But if we're too wrapped up in our stuff, in our things, whether it be material or just our own plans, my own time, my own preferences, I won't be an apostle. I won't be out there reaching souls. 
free to, to put my heart there. Those of you who are married, first in your families, that's your first apostolate, taking care of your family, loving your family, sacrificing yourself for your family, being free of your own attachments for your family. And then, of course, many, hopefully many other souls. But without poverty, without detachment, a Christian detachment, it just it, it, there won't be this imitation of Christ. Jesus who went from village to village, preaching the good news, bringing joy, bringing God to, to the people around him. Sometimes there wasn't enough time to eat. That's how dedicated Jesus was. That's how much he loved us. We might have to miss out on things. Yes, even a meal or two, perhaps, in order to bring Christ to those around us, to be free to bring Christ to those around us. Not, in a sense, not resting on our laurels or taking refuge in our comfort. That's not the way our Lord lived, of course. St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Now, of course, St. Paul is using a play of words here a bit. How are we going to be rich? How, how, how does the Lord want us to be rich? Does he want to provide us with a bunch of you know, stuff, a bunch of materials, a bunch of new cars? And, and, uh, the Lord wants us to be rich in grace, rich in the love of God, rich in, in availability to serve others. Jesus, who was rich, became poor for our sake. And he lived it out and <laughs> with deeds. St. Josemaria would say, love is deeds and not sweet words. Indeed, God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that we might have life. And Jesus loved us with deeds. We could also say, poverty is deeds and not sweet words. Do I feel the pinch of detachment? And if not, maybe I'm not living it as well as I could. If I have access to everything my concupiscence desires, without any boundaries, I'm going to Mass on Sunday, I'm praying, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, harming anyone, I'm not robbing any banks, I'm doing okay. Well, of course, we know that the, the, this level of, of the Christian life is much higher than that, hopefully, that we're, that we're seeking. We should feel the pinch of poverty. That I'll, I'll do without. A certain simplicity of life that allows the heart to be free. I remember talking to a, a college girl who had gone to a, a service project in Mexico. and One of the days they went to a city called Puebla, a beautiful city, and and a nice, there's a nice market there, famous market with all kinds of really neat things, uh, you know, trinkets and, and clothing and you know, decorations and whatever. Really it's a famous and very well, you know, well, well priced. Yeah. And they they heard about it. They wanted to go see it. And they did. She and her friend and, and they walked through the market and saw a lot of neat things and uh, things that caught the eye. And then they kept walking and looking. They didn't need anything. And they'd already got little presents for their family members and things. And, and they, they went through, and then afterwards they sat down and had a coffee together. And, 
And they were so happy, she said, because they made it through the market unscathed. And they, they didn't feel compelled to buy anything that they just didn't need. There's a certain freedom in that, a certain joy in that. And so Lord, to help us to make it through our daily lives in a certain sense unscathed by the, well, by the, by the lure of material things that we just frankly don't need. Now, all this being said, thank you, Lord. For, thank you for the opportunity, you know, living in the world, that we have to acquire things that are helpful for sustaining life. You know, roof over one's head and clothing and food on the table. Thank you, Lord, for that. And, and it's not poverty doesn't mean being cheap. St. Nozomi would encourage people, get good quality items. They will last long and then take care of them. That's a, a manifestation of living this virtue. Take care of things. Get good quality things. Our Lord, at his crucifixion, they did not want to tear the tunic. It was a good quality tunic that our Lord used. They cast lots for it. That right here in this oratory, this this. Wonderful painting here, the, uh, the wedding at Cana. There's so many ways we, we can be drawn into the life of Christ and learn so many lessons here, including the virtue of poverty. St. Josemaria said there's three clear manifestations of poverty. One, not to complain when we don't have things that we need. Two, to not have anything as our own, so like, you know, just possessive. My own things. And three, to, um, and to, to uh, be generous with the things that we do have. To see them as an opportunity for apostolate. And I think we see that very much here in this painting here, the scene of at the wedding at Cana. Okay, the wine ran out. Well, let's imagine, let's imagine the people were of goodwill and, yeah, sure, they wanted some more wine. It's, you know, these weddings would go on for days and, and, and the custom, as the custom had it. And, and okay, the wine runs out. Let's assume that no one was complaining. Okay, for the for the festivities, if certain some would say wine was needed, and Mary certainly saw that. But let's—I think it'd be good to consider that. Okay, well, people would sort of smile, and okay, no more wine. Well, I'll, I'll just try to carry on this conversation with this—you uh, know—this mother-in-law over here and make the best of it with a smile. Okay, no complaining. If something is needed; it's not there. I'm not going to complain. And then. Mary says that to Jesus, and, 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 and she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you, and they go fill up those jars with, with water, and they bring it to Jesus, and he performs the miracle, and he gives it to the others, for the others. Jesus, I would assume, really wouldn't care a whole lot about his own, you know, his own festive mood at the, at the at the wedding, I mean, okay, the wine's there, okay, appreciate it, mm -hmm. take it, but it's for the others. 
He doesn't consider it his own. This is my miracle. This is my wine. No, no, it sounds absurd. So we, in our own way, let's strive not to be too possessive of things that um, you know that, that we have access to and we should use, but yeah, not, not to cling to it like an idol. It's pretty easy to turn stuff into little idols. God gets moved out of the way. And then the uh, you know, the third aspect, Jesus, um, he really, yeah, I mean, he has this goal. It's, it's, I mean, the third aspect is basically not to have anything superfluous, okay? not to complain, you know, not to think of things as my own, and not to have extra stuff. It's all for the love of God, we're taking care of others, but but not to have superfluous stuff around. Yeah. I think there's a show on TV called hoarders. And they, I think someone goes in and, and looks at a person's house and say, um, well, you know, you get you got to get rid of this and this and the other thing. And, uh, not to have things that are superfluous. I mean, in a certain way, even this scene here in, at Cana, I, they needed wine. Okay. That's what Jesus provides. That's what they really need. And he doesn't, okay, well, I'm at it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a miracle with, a, I don't know what drinks they would have had back in the day, bourbon or, no, not, but you, no, okay, this is what, what's needed. We'll take care of it. I'm not going to make a whole bunch of more stuff. And so, Lord, help us to see, not to create a lot of needs for ourselves. And, and, and our way, Saint, again, St. Francis lived a very simple life, obviously, and we too, in our way, in our place, we can live a real simplicity of life. Clearing the clutter for the love of God. And yes, as an act of faith. Oh, I, I might need this down the road. Well, maybe. When is the last time I've used it? And that can be a, a little bit of an act of faith. Okay, I'm going to give this up. St. Josemaria would do that. He, he didn't want to become attached to anything on this earth. Even a pen. He said, well, if you notice, well, I really like this pen a lot. Okay, give it to someone else. This would, being the head of Opus Dei and going around different parts of the world in his apostolic visits, of course, he would meet a lot of people and people would bring him things, you know, gifts from the area, and he would be very grateful and and pretty much immediately, right on the spot, he'd often say to, to Don Alvaro, alongside him, or one of the directors, okay, well, this is really nice. This will be good for the center in such and such a place. He'd just give it up. He'd give it away. He'd just use it for other things. Others can use this. And so, Lord, help us to, to be free. Help us to, yes, to feel, to have faith, and to feel a bit the pinch of, of, of poverty, maybe even a little bit... Um, or a lot, <laughs> against the way the world thinks. People, of course, were attracted to Jesus. They wanted to follow Jesus. They, they approach him and they say so. And the Lord is very demanding of them. As they were going along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. 
But he said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, these examples that our Lord gives, two of them anyway, very directly related to the family, I mean, which is, in a sense, closest to our hearts. We're obliged to take care of our families. We're obliged to bury the dead. It's a work of mercy. And so Jesus, he's just emphasizing how demanding it is to really follow him closely. God must come first. And of course he wants us to bury the dead piously. And to yet say farewell to our family politely. But put your hands to the plow. There's work to be done. Pray to the Lord God that he send laborers to his field. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. St. Francis was one of those who answered that call. Many other saints, of course. And, and you and I, my brother, we want to answer that call. To, to follow the Lord closely. To, to bring others close to him. But again, if, if we're not free, we just can't. We can't do it the way he wants us to. Detach, or St. Josemaria writes in the way, detach yourself from the goods of this world. Love and practice poverty of spirit. Be content with what is sufficient for leading a simple and temperate life. Lord, help us to put that into practice. How can I, in my place... Put this into practice. It's not that we have to compare ourselves with others. The measure is Christ. What is Christ asking of me? Be content with what is sufficient for leading a simple and temperate life. And for that matter, for those of you who have families, help them to do the same. Teach them. I remember talking to a high school fellow many years ago. And he, he recounted how he and his, his sister, Two kids in the family. His sister was a bit older. And parents, well-to-do. Lived in a nice neighborhood. And as a little boy, he'd sort of look around and see the stuff that the other kids had. Whatever, the newest gadgets and bikes and all this stuff and in the neighborhood. And, and he didn't have that. He and his sister didn't have that stuff. And he, he noticed that. And yeah, one day he's asked his sister, hey, why don't we have that stuff that these other kids have? And his sister was older and more mature. She got it. She understood. She said, Mom and Dad are are living this way on purpose. We live in this way on purpose. Basically, she described attachment to him and simplicity of life. Not Not to have to get everything, all the newest gadgets and bikes and everything. And he was... Okay with that. He got it. Even as a little kid, you know, we know how kids can be. And, and yeah, sometimes we, whatever, you know, 35 year old kids or 65 year old kids can want stuff. So we have to be careful. But you know, he got it. And it did help him. He was a fine young high school fellow. He, and he appreciated his parents for that. The simplicity of lifestyle and, and, and helping the poor. That's part of what the parents would do. So, 
let's strive to, like St. Josemir says, detach ourselves from the goods of this world in, in the right way, uh, sufficient, have enough that is sufficient for leading a simple and temperate life. It, which doesn't, it doesn't mean being cheap. I mean, if, it, if it's I don't know, one of your kids' birthdays and they just, they're having a tough time, well, yeah, do something special. Yeah, let the Holy Spirit guide you, but you don't have to be cheap. But bees, yeah, do something special for them. Hey, you know, let's take a trip if you can. Let's take a trip. Maybe it's some favorite place that he, he has or she has. You know? Or, or to a special dinner or something. But, but out of charity. It's not out of keeping up with the, with the Joneses or anything like that. Otherwise, you'll never be an apostle. Again, put our, our hearts in the things of the Lord. And again, we see this in our Lord's teaching so often, in, in the teaching of St. Paul, the other saints. Paul writes to the Colossians, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. The things of, of this earth are, sim- are means, are, are, are means for us to serve God and to help souls get closer to God. They're, they can't become our God. And there's a temptation to that. And when we are too focused on these things of the world, we, let's face it, we just, we, our love for God becomes dull and mediocre. He's just not quite as important to us. There's a custom in the centers of the work that St. Josemaria started or informed himself and and, uh, is basically the commentary of the gospel of that day before going to to bed that those people who live live in a center of Opus Dei will hear a little commentary when someone's assigned that day to just choose freely a verse from the gospel of the day and make a commentary to help people Begin the nighttime and you know sleep well, prepare for the next day, mass and work. Anyway, in one of those commentaries, uh, the, the the verse chosen from the Gospel that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the commentary: What is our biggest earthly attachment stopping us from loving Jesus more? It can be, that can be practical. That, we can pray about that. We can examine our conscience about that. We can provoke a conversion with that in some way. What is the biggest earthly attachment stopping me from loving Jesus more? It doesn't have to be a material thing. It might be some attachment to some free time that I have that I don't, don't let anyone enter in on to impose upon. It might be an attachment to some person. It's not really helping me get close to God. Not helping me to live my own vocation well. Could be anything, any attachment. Well, here we are, time of prayer, recollection, in silence with God. God who loves us. God so loved the world, he sent his only son. God wants all men to, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, this is part of it. This time of prayer, this recollection, this examination, 
conversions. It's part of this desire that God has for us. And we have all the means. The great example of St. Francis and so many other saints, St. Josemaria himself, of course, lived a really, a really loving poverty in his way. And of course, we can look to our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. Bethlehem, the site of the birth of God, God made man, the king of the world, stable. And I suppose those three manifestations were lived out there too. I, I, I hope, I, I'm certainly sure, we can't, we can't consider Mary and Joseph complaining, oh God, this is all you can offer us? A stable? No. They, okay, let's make the best of it. And Pope Francis writes about that in his, in his letter about St. Joseph for this year of St. Joseph. And he just he, Creative, he called it a, a a courageous creativity. Okay, this is the situation. We really don't have what we need to, you know, to have a child be born. <laughs> but Joseph did what he could. He probably made a fire. He got what he could. Let's help Mary, the child, to be born, to be warm. He worked. He put his mind to work, and he was creative. He didn't complain. Mary didn't complain. Obviously. And the they're thinking of the others. Joseph thinking of Mary and, and Jesus. Mary thinking of, of the child. And even for that matter, the, the shepherds, when they come in, she's thinking of them. Okay, come on in. Now, I don't know how many women just after giving birth want some, you know, probably not, not the cleanest guys out there have been out there with the sheep. You know, no, come on in. <laughs> and also, you know, in a very beautiful way, not thinking of the gift of this child is their own. Already, Mary and Joseph are giving Jesus to, to us, to the people, the shepherds, the kings. There's a great detachment there we see in Bethlehem. So all the saints can help us in this virtue that we should live, because we do, Lord. We want to love you with all our, our heart and all our soul and all our might. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.